Hello, friend. Come on in. Gregory has made us peppermint tea today. I made sure Officer Nightingale refilled the water so that everybody has drinks, and all of the cushions have been extra fluffed for today's episode. That's right. It's a bit of a doozy. So much so that I had to keep in some of the game chat. Just because it was so... Well, you'll hear. Is there anything I'm forgetting before I dive in? Right, our sponsors. I'm not very good at reading ad reels, but here we go. <clears throat> the Writer's Room is sponsored in part by Level Up Dice, providers of boutique, semi-precious stone, metal, wooden, glass, and resin dice for all your favorite TTRPGs. To support the podcast and get a set for yourself, use the unique link in our bio, bit.ly forward slash LUD Writer's Room. Level up dice. Luxury at your fingertips. The Writer's Room is also sponsored in part by Ten Quills Dice. Were you tired of picking your D10s out of your standard sets of seven? So was I. And I decided that the D10 also deserves its own beautiful artisan set for all those special TTRPGs that require them, such as 7C. You can find them on my social media accounts at 10quillsdice and at 10quillsdice.com. 10quillsdice, here to help you narrate the game in your life. Now, was that, was that good? Thanks. All right, let's begin, shall we? <clears throat> Article 28, Bad Blood. The camera dissolves from black as we find ourselves in the bilge. In front of us, we can see Jesse, Wayland, and Cosette standing in front of the brig. We can faintly hear Jesse introducing himself. We catch the faintest glimpse of fur as Ursa lingers in one corner. And the glint of unnatural feline eyes shade, standing vigilant. And zoom in on Jesse and Miss Mary So. This is my master at arms, Wayland Greywell, the one who brought you here, Shade, and you know who that is. Miss Mary So's eyes study each one with scrutiny. When she looks down at her daughter, there's the faintest flicker of disgust across her face, just the smallest little frown corking at the edge of her lip. Then she looks back up at Jesse. You invoke parley. What are your terms? No harm shall come of you, and I get to pick your brain before you tell your piece to those upstairs. Her eyes dart above her. She ponders a moment, and then she stares back at Jesse, saying nothing. Shall we begin? You have caught me on a good day. You may begin. You are a member of the Scarlet Fleet, yes? Oui. Under a Captain Stroud? Oui. Party users are quite important on ships, am I correct? I would say so, considering you have my daughter as yours. Oui? Yes. Surely you didn't bring me here 
only to confirm what you already know. And here I thought that you would have been smarter. Shame. I need to know about your fleet, Admiral. Captain. Whatever title she gives herself. Reese. Miss Marisol lifts her hand and glances down at her nails, looking very bored. Her favorite color is red. What does the name Jonah mean to you? Nothing personally. He is a devil. A monster not to be trifled with. And yet Reese has trifled with him in the past, no? So I have heard. What else have you heard? Her eyes dart up from her nails to stare at you for a moment, and there's the faintest little twitch of a grin. I have heard many things. Like what? Like all of the fun my daughter is having. And then her eyes drift over to Gazette. Gazette does not look her mother in the eyes. In fact, she looks pointedly down at the planks in the bilge. And how proud I was to learn that you had used your gift. Well done. This conversation is between you and I, Miss Mary, so leave my purser out of this. Her eyes flick back up at you. Then why are these others here? Then she tilts her head up, looking over her nose down at Cosette. Your purser should know her place. They are here for your protection. Hmm. As well as mine. Then her eyes linger back over to Jesse. You flatter me. What can I say? I'm a flattering man. Flattery will spare you a moment, but not your life. Reese. And Jonah. Quite a pair. It sounds so romantic when you say it that way. As far as I'm aware, I believe the two of them used to be crewmates. And from what I gather, they are more than that. I'm afraid all I have is rumor and speculation. In truth, I know nothing. Who does? I have also heard that my captain is close with Reese. Close how? He is the favorite. Is that how he got a whole new ship? Being the favorite crew member does have its merits. And she looks down at her daughter again. Isn't that right? My petite three. Hey, eyes on me. Her eyes are very focused on Cosette right now, and she's speaking in Montaigne to her, and Cosette is responding in very broken Montaigne. Not broken as in, like, she doesn't know what she's saying. She speaks Montaigne very fluently. Broken as in she is too scared to speak. I'm going to spend a hero point. Okay, all right. I'm using insistent. Again, Miss Mary So doesn't have raises in this situation. However, for narrative purposes... I'll allow you to do it. This time. Jesse puts himself in front of Cosette. Your parlay is with me, not with her. Now that you have physically blocked her from looking at her daughter, her attention focuses back on you, and then returns to looking at her nails in boredom. The other captains, the Scarlet Fleet. What do you know of them? They say. Are they in the Etobian? Who knows? Do you not have contact with them? Of course I do, but it will cost you. For what? 
A moment alone with my daughter. I have not seen her in years and would like to catch up. No. Come now. I am her mother. I just want to know how she is. Jesse. What? I think we could grant a mother that, but as far as we've heard, you've not been much of one. And so far as I have heard, you're here for protection. I can test your limits. He snaps his finger in front of her eyes. (coughs) On me. There's a flash of anger in her eyes as she snaps her gaze back to Jesse. I'm not going to tell you again. And what will you do if I do not? Well, I could send you into the Seventh Sea. An empty threat. I have been there. Try again. I could do all sorts of things. Like what? Be specific when you threaten me. Doesn't matter. I haven't made up my mind yet. Come now. Threaten me properly. My mind is busy. It's thinking about other things. More important things. Like coming up with more empty words. Like the rest of the Scarlet Fleet. And your cooperation. I am curious to know what happens when I stop cooperating. Will it be torture? Will you lock me down here and throw away the key? Or will you threaten my daughter's life in exchange for information? Oh no, that's not how this works. Miss Mary so stares at Jesse for a very long time. Perhaps what I have heard about you is wrong. So let me tell you how this is going to work. If you want information from me, you give me a moment alone with my daughter. What do you need a moment with her for? It is between a mother and her child. You would not understand. Or would you? You have a mother, no? Of course I do. You probably know of her. Perhaps. Why, the name the concert doesn't ring any bells to you? Should it? I suppose not. If you were long away from your mother and had not seen her for years, would you not want to have a moment alone with her? Yes. I surely would. She gestures to Rosette. He shakes his head. No. Then our parlay is done. Michelle Marisot turns gracefully and walks to the back of the cell and rests her back against the wall, takes out a small mirror, and begins to preen herself in it without a care in the world. Cosette. Cosette looks at you, Mayland. Monsieur Greywell. How are you? Not well. What do you need? I certainly don't need this. What do you want, is the better question. She looks at Shade and speaks in not Montaigne, in a different language. A language neither of you understand. Shade raises an eyebrow, makes a motion as if there's something on their tongue that tastes odd, and then begins to speak back. They converse very quickly, probably like maybe two or three sentences each. And then she looks at Jesse. And motions for you to lean down because she is standing on her tiptoe right now so that she can whisper in your ear. He leans down. Shade has assured me that while they are on the ship, they continue to have a hold on my mother. If you give us a moment. Why? I know what she is doing. She won't talk to you anymore 
unless you give her what she wants. And if all she wants is just to talk to me, then... <sighs> then I will listen. You need to know what she knows. I'm willing to do that for you. Evan. Yeah? I am presenting you with a choice for Jesse. You can either roll a risk to continue to interrogate Miss Mary So, or you can accept her terms for parlay, give her five minutes alone with her daughter, and in turn, she will give you three truthful answers to any question you ask. Oh. Evan wants to break the charter right now. Oh, what? Should we go into the writer's room and talk about it for a minute? Oh, sure. Okay. Greg, get the tea, please. I'm already on it, don't get worry. Get the tea. Get me some fucking It's tea. happening. This steeping piping Thank on. you. Jeez. Excuse you, sir. Quick check-in. Can we just take, like, a quick breath together? Yeah. We're in the writer's room. We're safe here, guys. It's okay. Yeah, are you good? Yeah. No, I'm good. Oh, focus. Okay. Evan, walk me through your mind. Article three. Any person may invoke parlay. Those under the protection of parlay will not be harmed until the negotiations with the captain are complete and carried out. Any hand to raise against those under parlay will suffer punishment as the captain sees fit. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a loophole. Uh, what you got? The moment that she answers the questions, parlay is over. Technically, the negotiations of your parlay are over once she answers those three questions for you. Mm-hmm. Jesse's hand wants to grab her throat before the questions <laughs> yep. are asked. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's a lot of animosity going on here. Oh, boy. So is this a risk? No, I think Jesse can hold on. I just wanted to tell you guys that I really want to do it. Yeah. Because I love the idea that afterwards Jesse goes around to everyone. Excuse me, everyone. I would like your forgiveness for beating this bitch's ass. Do I have your forgiveness? Okay. I would like your forgiveness for <laughs> beating this bitch's ass. Do I have your forgiveness? Gosh, I thank you very much. <laughs> Cosette, do I have your forgiveness for beating your mother's ass? Yeah? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Jesse's a man of his word. So now a man of his word he will be. Okay. Come out of the writer's room. We good? You know what questions you want to ask? Do we know what questions we want to ask? We can brainstorm them if you want. I'll figure it out. Okay. Bye, Greg. Thank you for the tea. Yeah. No problem. We'll see you in a little bit. And we transition back in. to Miss Mary So. I suppose you've caught me on a good day. Five minutes. She reaches into her pocket, pulls out a very ornate filigree pocket watch, opens it, winds it, and closes it again. Puts it in her pocket. Merci. Let's go, Willand. Hi. And you all leave the bilge, including Shade. As you're walking up the steps, just out of earshot, Wayland, you look over at Shade, and you see this shadow pulling down into the bilge. Don't worry, I 
still have a good handle on things. How have you been? Or everything at home? Just peachy, thank you. Good. I'm happy to hear that. Jesse? Captain? Jesse turns and uppercuts a beam with his right hand. Oh. I will give you a hero point if you break something. Oh, he's planning on breaking a lot of things. Take this hero point. Jesse, it's not a main beam, which is really important because you punch right the fuck through it. Your hand comes out the other side. You busted a hole in this solid ship beam. He withdraws and he swings around with his left hand and strikes the side of the ship. Where there's another beam or where there's just planks? Just planks. Hawthorne does a really good job and you feel it. There's some popping noises. No reaction whatsoever. Wayland, you can see just a tiny, tiny hint of a teal glow and very faint black wisps. Jesse's left hand is still on the side of the ship and he jerks and he uppercuts a barrel that's next to both of you. Right hand or left hand? Yeah, right hand. I'm spending a danger point. The barrel hits the ceiling. Like an animal, his head whips around. His eyes flicker back to normal. Yeah. He looks down at his left hand, and he's going to try and reset his fingers. Wayland is genuinely afraid at this moment. He's completely frozen up, and his eyebrows are like in his hairline. Wayland Shade elbows you. Jesse, wait. Look close. Take care of that. Let's wrap it up for now. I want to kill her. I do too. Wayland, I don't want to. But I want to. You can't let it consume you, Jesse. You have to be stronger than that. Not for you. Not for anybody else but Gazette in this moment. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be okay. <sighs> Puts his hand into his coat pocket and just places his broken hand over it. And as you're standing there, the smell of gunpowder hits you. The moment that the carbon hits Wayland's nose, Wayland immediately tries to suss out the scent of it. Was there gunpowder in the barrel? No. It's coming from the bilge. Jesse, you just see his eyes shoot open again, and he rushes down. You run downstairs. Ursa is standing in front of the cage, growling and snarling at Miss Mary So, and Miss Mary So is backed all the way up against the wall. Jesse comes up behind Ursa and pulls her back. When you come close to the cage, you see a blackened, peppered hole next to where Miss Mary So was standing. Wayland is immediately looking for Cosette and looking to see if Cosette's leg is off and in her hands. Cosette's leg is off and in her hands, and she is backed up against the far wall as if the recoil has sent her there. I'm immediately to her sides and picking her up, checking her for wounds. You go to grab her. She shoves you off. Cosette, what did she say to you? What did you say? She just holds up her hands. Answer me now, or I am going to undo that gate, and I am going to let Ursa rip you limb from limb. What did you say? 
Jesse, is this the moment that you get stare down? Because you done did your goal. Fun fact, GM to players, the story does not have to end for you to gain the ability. You can gain the ability in the middle of the goal. That's dope as hell. Yeah, okay, I'm spending a point to use that. <sighs> Je t'aime tellement, Cosette. She's not mad! And Cosette looses visceral Montaigne, rapid fire at her mother, chucks her leg at the gate, stands up, and is about to launch herself like a rabid animal at the cage. Jesse puts himself in front of Cosette. Get the fuck out of my way. Cosette. I'm going to make her suffer for what she put me through. Cosette. How dare you stand in front of me and defend her after what she did? Fuck Sabah. Cosette, sit the fuck down right now. That's a fucking order. Cosette locks eyes with you, Jesse. Now. Flinches as though the word has struck her, lowers her head to pointedly stare at the floor, and sits down. And he turns to Miss Mary So. Miss Mary So is smiling, and it's not in a kind way. And she looks at you, Jesse. I apologize. I thought I raised my daughter better than that. Captain LaRue, the Song de Reese. What about her? How close is she with Reese? Considering that Annabelle named her ship after her, I would say very close. Right. Where does Stroud plan on going next? Do you have a map? Of course I do. Pulls out as it turns. From her hair, she pulls out a needle, like a hairpin kind of deal, pricks her finger with it, and marks on the map. And rolls it back up with one hand and hands it to you. Takes it back. The Crimson Raja. It hasn't been seen in nearly 40 years. Over 40 years. 40 years exactly. Pardonnez-moi, are you asking me? Or are you simply stating the obvious? Where is she? In order to answer that, I need to ask you a question. What day is it? It's the 14th of September. I do not know where Reese is today. However, on the 21st of September, she will be in La Dominique. For how long? I do not know. Which, uh, by the way, is in the Atabayan. Mm-hmm. What has she been doing all this time? Miss Mary so stares at you, and that smile returns. I imagine she's been sailing. I'm going to go ahead and say that if you want a truthful answer, you're going to have to roll a risk because your three questions are done. <sighs> Wayland, go get the rest of them. Yes, sir. I'm going to take Kazette with me and grab her leg on my way out. Fully just pick her up if I need to. She doesn't allow you to pick her up. My leg, s'il vous plaît. I'm going to try to blow your mother's head off again. Fuck you. Just give me my leg. Wayland hands Kazette back her leg. She sits down, clicks it on. It makes a loud snapping noise. Be careful. And she stands back up, drops her dress, and slowly walks up the stairs. Ursa sits behind Jesse. Jesse, you can feel her there, but she's not trying to stop you or anything. Apale has reached a conclusion. She nods and looks at you. He reaches his hand into the bars. She puts the hairpin 
back in her hair, adjusts her coat. I'm spending a danger point. Mm-hmm. Reaches out and clasps your hand. And she stares you in the eyes. Now's your chance. Let's see if the stories about you are true. I'm going to enjoy the day I send you to the bottom of the ocean. The crabs and the sharks, mollusks, the tuna, the kippers. They will leave nothing for you, nor for anyone. You can tell, Stroud, I said that. Miss Mary so nods approvingly. Now that is a proper threat. I'll be sure to tell him personally the next time I see him. He shakes her hand. Let's go. As she lets go of the handshake, you can hear the sound of boots above deck as Wayland is bringing back the two queens and their entourage. And before they get too close, you can hear Miss Mary So tisking. Pity that my daughter has fallen for a monster. Better a monster than a devil. From what I have heard, they are mutually exclusive. And then Queen Elaine walks in, and then Queen Bonaventura, and then guards. Her personal guards, and then Queen Elaine's personal guards. Waylon lets them know that she has pricked her finger. Yep. One of the personal guards on Queen Bonaventura's side is that sorcier that you saw before. Pats down Miss Mary So, takes the hairpin, takes a couple of other small bladed objects that are hidden among her person, and then takes the coat off of her, stripping her down to just the blouse and the pants and the boots. Take her boots off. They do. Sure as shit, there's a knife in there. And they throw manacles on her, and the manacles come on her hands. They are like mitts. And proceed to march her out of your bilge. Thank you, Shade. My pleasure. And I bow. And we are square. Almost. Shade quirks an eyebrow at you. Not until we are done with her. Very well. Thank you. They bow and walk out with the entourage. Leaving you and Wayland and Ursa in the bilge. Wayland's quiet. He's just staring after where they left. <sighs> Jesse's quiet. And Wayland sort of slowly adjusts his gaze and looks at the pepper shot holes. I'm going to spend a hero point, place his hand very casually on one of the walls, and the holes in the wall spiral and close. The beam that Jesse broke fixes itself. Can't do anything about the barrel because that was not part of the ship. (laughs) (laughs) I am proud of you. Fuck off. Don't patronize me. I expected to come back into this room and her neck to be broken and for us to be in an entirely different situation, to be fair. We can't let Gazette kill her mom. I don't care how much she hates her. You don't walk back from that. Ursa grunts. He turns around to look at her. Yeah, I think there's just a deep acknowledgement of that moment and then nods back to Ursa. She speaks. And she's speaking in that pained voice, which means it's not a riddle. Might have hurt Gazette's 
puts a hand on her shoulder and smiles and nods. Thanks, Hersa. He looks over to Wayland. You ready? <sighs> this day might as well continue. Yeah. I'm ready. As will ever be. He gestures for you to go first and will follow behind. Looks back at the cage, down at his hand. Walks upstairs. You hear Ursa call after you. I have cities, but no houses. Mountains, no trees. Water, no fish. And she's staring at your pocket. You can see her red eyes gleaming in the dark. Thanks, Ursa. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> and he pulls it out. The map is still there. Slides it back in. There's an approving grunt from Ursa. We're not going with the queens, are we? You're no longer under suspicion, and Cosette is no longer under arrest. Cool. We've cleared our names. We got the important, dangerous relics back to their rightful owners. <laughs> could have been worse. That could have gone way worse than it did. Lunch was uh, postponed, so lunch could be happening right now. It's the one time that Boots will allow any kind of altering to his schedule is because there were some important people coming up on deck. Also because the captain asked nicely. Yeah, I figured. Ironically, Jesse's not even hungry. Who would be? He pulls his left glove off. What do we see? Chaos, perhaps? Oh, on his hand. Honey, your pinky knuckle and your ring knuckle are swollen and red. And your middle knuckle is starting to swell up, too. Moving them is painful. Oh, fuck. Well, it has been more than 45 minutes... So I think that's allowed. Wayland puts a hand on Jesse's shoulder and gives a, a tight, firm squeeze and just kind of looks at him. I'm checking his eyes, too. Jesse looks to you. The first time in this proper light that you, like, actually just look at each other. Jesse looks so exhausted. He looks awful. He looks like how Frodo begins to feel. Yeah, that's a lot. Ah, that is a lot. Moylan <sighs> gives him a nod. Gently moves the hand up to the neck a little bit and like around the back. Pats him on the shoulder. Jesse, with his right arm, pulls him in for a hug. Oh, hug time. Moylan just kind of holds him for a second and gives him a squeeze. And just lets him kind of relax for a moment. <laughs> Go get something to eat. Yeah. Do you want me to go check on Cosette, or do you want to? You should fix that first, for sure. At least get them set. Have at it, please. Really? All right. Uh, if you need me, don't. don't. <laughs> I got you. And Wayland will head off to grab two plates. One with significantly less food than the other. Mm -hmm. 
Jesse's going to head to his quarters. You head to your quarters. The only thing that has really changed is that Luciana is in her perch by the window, preening her feathers. He walks in and just like falls face plant on the bed. You hear a questioning chirp. She hears back a, uh, and a wave of his hand. <laughs> we watch Luciana go, you can't see me. <laughs> For those of you, because uh, I totally forget that this is an audio only podcast. Me too sometimes. Luciana shrugs her tiny shoulders and then buries her face underneath her wing to continue preening. That thing that birds do that's just like, oh, okay. And then goes back to what they're doing. Waylon's going to go check on Kazette. Sure. You go to Kazette's door. It's, it's closed. Kazette, it's Wayland. There is no response. I understand if you need time. And I understand you're most likely not hungry. There is no response. Let us know when you need anything. You leave the food and walk away. So what's the plan now? <sighs> Just he takes a long nap. Waylon kind of wants a fucking drink. <laughs> so, what, like what? A couple of hours? Yeah, probably. Okay. Jesse, you wake up to the dinner bell. Uh, all right. Uh, big stretch. Big stretch. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Ouch. Your hand hurts a lot. His head is pounding. Your head hurts a lot. You are hungry. Your stomach's growling. Uh, okay. And he pushes himself up. Lucy, come on. Puts his finger up. It's dinner time. Lucy twitters and lands on your finger. She's all shiny and clean. He puts her on the outside pocket. <laughs> she perches happily. He walks out. It is uh, around dusk-ish sun hasn't quite set yet, but it's in that, like, orange-purple glow. And you head down to the galley. Everybody's there, except for Mama Coco and Cosette. Captain. <sighs> yeah, hey. You dress well. Uh, sure. Wayland's just kind of, like, picking at his food. It's half-eaten. Where are Ferris and Cosette? Oh, I think Cosette's still in her room, and I haven't seen Mama Coco. Is Charles around? Charles is around, yeah. He is uh, whittling a chess piece currently, and it's a, a little rook. It's not the best looking rook, but it's got a castle rampart kind of head thing. Symmetrical for the most part. Yeah. He's going to sneak over to his side, lean down. Hey. Yeah. What? Any sign of Mama Coco? Nah. She said she was heading to Pier 6, I believe. It's where she usually goes after we make port to do a little fishing. That was hours ago. Does she normally fish for this long? I. Do we normally have not one, but two forms of royalty stepping on our ship? Normally, no. Waylon's gonna just kind of like lean over. What is the sixth pier, by the way? Pier number six. It's the sixth pier. It's the one down that way. If you count them out, it's number six. Well, yeah, that would make sense. Charles also froze his brow a bit. Come to think of it, I uh, haven't seen Cosette either. She all right? Couldn't tell you. Probably not. It was her, uh, her mom, right? Yeah. She's not happy. Ah, uh, it wouldn't be either. But, uh, it's not really my place. Anyway. <clears throat> you want me to go look for Mom Coco? Are we heading off? I don't have a heading just yet. I might go take a look for her. I just don't feel comfy about giving Roz the helm again. 
To be fair, he only moved it a little bit. We're anchored. Oh. How did he... Sh- no, I don't want to know. Shut up. Okay. Do you want me to go look for a job? No. 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 Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's going to head over to Klaus, who's probably also in the galley with them. Klaus is there. And he sits down next to him, but like with his back facing the table. Klaus is currently eating his food and also writing down notes in his very big book. Good evening, Doctor. Guten Tag, Captain. And he just pulls his glove off and just points at his hand. Klaus does not look up from his book and just stops writing. (laughs) Blinks a couple of times, puts the quill down, lifts up, adjusts his glasses on his nose, looks at the hand. Whatever you're going to say, I don't want to hear it. It's been a mighty long day. Offers his hand for you to put your hand in his. He turns around so that it's easier. He examines it, and it's not pleasant, because he's bending the fingers to make sure that you have full articulation. I didn't give you a dramatic wound, so they're not broken. They're just swollen. And he, out of one of his pouches, just takes some green-tinted bandages... They have a really strong smell to them, like a really strong herbal smell. And he begins to bandage your hand in silence. There's no quip. There's no joke. There's no nothing. Tucks the bandage in on itself, pats it lightly twice on the wrist, and lets you go. He stands up and puts his other hand on Klaus's shoulder. Good evening, Klaus. Guten Nacht. Captain. And he goes back to writing in his book and eating his food. Jesse looks over to Wayland and nods him out. Okay, let's go. Yep. Charles. Aye, sir. You've got the helm. Aye, sir. And he starts heading top deck. If you look over at where Cosette's quarters are, the bowl of food is still there. I would say that some seagulls had gotten to it. And they're actually still there. All right. Off with you, you filthy sea rats. Fly off. Grab the plate and real quick, like, bring it down and shake my head as I hand it to, to Boots and shrug my shoulders. Boots grimaces. I know. I think while you're downstairs returning the bowl, Roz comes down from the rigging next to Jesse. How are you, Capitano? <sighs> Normally I'd tell you to ask me in an hour or two. But I'll be honest, I'm not great. See, si. This was a stressful day. See, si. I had to convince Ursa that she did not hurt Miss Cosette. I appreciate it. It is none of my business, but I feel like I should inform you that she has not left her room. She'll need some time. If you want to check up on her, feel free. Capitano and manners of the heart is really not my place. And he gives you a knowing look nods his head. Have a good night, Capitano. Yeah, you too. And uh, goes back up the rigging. Do you want... I can go check on Verison. Wayland. Wayland just kind of like cocks his head to the side and raises an eyebrow. Matters of the heart, Tom. Oh. She's my first mate. I know. 
And your first mate is going to be fine if you can go talk to your parser. Come on. <laughs> You're lucky I'm tired. We'll bring you back some fish. I'm sure Varison's got plenty by now. Oh, if she hasn't already sold them. I'll check around. Hey, be careful. Always. Take Lucy. All right. Yeah, Lucy and I haven't hung out in a little bit. Lucy perks up and gets all ruffled on her feathers. And Wayland takes his straw hat from around his, because he he's got the little band that has his straw hat, takes his straw hat from around his neck and plops it on top of his head and like just rustles the brim a little bit. So you know that bite mark that the Makara left in your hat? Oh, yes, I do. So Luciana uh, flies and sits in the bite mark. And peers down at you. <sighs> All right. Well, I won't ask Mama Tococo to fix it too soon, I suppose. And she twitters happily. Kind of just perfect, doesn't it? All right, Lucy. Come on. And you head off. You head down to pier number six. If you look at the map, you'll notice that your pier is number three. Which is the one that is right next to the beach. Yep, right in front of the beach. And the sixth is the really small one on top? Yep. Gotcha. Oh, okay. And Pier 1's the one on the bottom. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Man, our ghost is cool. Our ghost is cool. So you head to Pier 6. It takes you a bit to get there. You're walking the beach. And the beach, by the way, it's not just beach, right? It's not just sand and waves and things like that. There's like a market almost like a boardwalk kind of deal, all along the major piers here. The boardwalk kind of tapers off and it actually is sand. You get to Pier 6 and it's very small. There are like fishing vessels here. La Rosa Blanca would not fit at this pier. The sun is starting to set and there's nobody there. Okay... There are any like rowboats or anything out in the harbor off the pier or Yeah, there's a couple, but they seem to be moored there. Nobody in them. Huh. Where did she go, Lucy? Lucy shrugs her little shoulders and flits off of your hat to fly to the end of the pier and dart to each post. Does Mama Coco have like a fishing pole? Noticeably hers? She does. It's got Kind of like a scrimshaw thing where there's like carvings on it and it's painted. Is it anywhere around here? You don't see it. What you do see is one of Mama Coco's hair ribbons stuck in between a couple of planks down near the end. Wayland walks over to it and they very gingerly pull it out. Wayland leans over. And when you lean over and look into the water, you see Mama Coco's fishing pole. Oh, no. We're going to cut there. Okay. <laughs> Patrick, I would love it if you rolled uh, an investigative risk right now. Oh, boy. Oh, let's take a look at my character sheet. So get get all your dice together and, and get all that ready. Jesse. What? Hi, buddy. Hi. What do you want? <laughs> so what are we doing? <sighs> Jesse's going to go to Cassette's door. And just, like, stand there for five minutes. <laughs> like, psych himself up. 
And he like walks away and he's like, no, like, fuck. And he turns back around and he goes to knock and then doesn't knock. And he stands there for another five minutes, his head in his hand. It's like, ah, ooh. And then he knocks finally. There's no answer. He knocks again. Nothing. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) (sighs) I love Jesse so much. (sighs) Cosette, it's Jesse. Don't worry. You didn't break anything in the charter. You missed with your cannon. Nothing. Cosette, look, I was only upset because... I didn't want you to have to speak with your mother. And I know how much you didn't want that to happen. And I was really trying to make sure that didn't. Nothing. Are you in there? Knocks on the door again. There is nothing. Hey. Nothing. He goes for the handle. It's locked. Not for Jesse's hand. Hey, what's that? Nothing. Peeks in. Hello? Hi, friends. Editing Zoe here. Normally, I cut out this bit, but because it was so good, I kept it in. What I did was I typed a question to Evan in his personal chat that only he could see, and this was his response. At the end of this episode, I will tell you what the question was, though I'm sure you can guess. Let's get back into it. Sorry to interrupt. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what is happening right now? Oh god. How interesting! Have a proposal you have uh, <laughs> put in front of me. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go with that one. <laughs> I just hear the same key being hit multiple times over. I don't like it. I don't okay. like it. I don't like it. Please keep in all of the groaning, please. I beg of you. Oh, I absolutely will. Good. You peek in. Uh-huh. Now, as I described before, Cosette's quarters is normally very orderly. Mm-hmm. There's a bookshelf that is no longer in front of the door. We have since moved it since the incident with the eels and all of that. There's a desk in the back. Mm-hmm. And it's dark in here. There's no lanterns. He pulls out a matchbox and strikes a match. On the desk. There is a letter. He goes over and sits at the desk, opens up the letter. Mon Capitain, by the time you read this letter, I will be long gone. Consider it my resignation. I am unfit to be your purser. I am unfit to be a part of your crew. I am going home, where I will only be a buzzer to myself. I am sorry for all the trouble I have caused. The last payment from our job is underneath my desk. You may have my share. I won't need it. I wish you all the best. May the winds always be fair. 
and your coffers always full. I had the honor to be your diligent purser, Cosette Menu Merisseau. Does Jessie recognize it as her handwriting? Can I spend a hero point to tell? Sure. Jessie, it is a very, very convincing forgery. But you know, Cosette. She's messier. She writes very quickly. The only neat thing about her handwriting is when she's writing numbers. And her signature. So it would have been very convincing to anybody who didn't truly know her. (sighs) Jesse folds the letter back up, places it into his coat pocket, stands up, and walks out the door. When you turn around to leave, you notice that the wall of Cosette's room is a darker color than the rest of it. And on the floor, in a pool is blood that has been drying for a few hours now. And the acrid smell of it only just hits your nose. And he's going to pull his pistol and aim it at the bell and fire. Everybody immediately hears the bell and comes running on top deck, except for Ursa. You hear that tap of, I hear you, and everybody surrounds you. Charles already has a hand on a cutlass. Jory has a gun. Everybody has grim faces. There is a pool of blood on the floor of Cosette's room. With a letter. Says she has gone home. Cosette is missing. They all look at you and Charles eventually says, Do we know where she's gone? Where is home for her? Home is Montaigne. Her actual home is on board. Something tells me it was her mother. Is there any other place? Anywhere else? She could be on the Red Coast. Everybody takes that in for a moment. There was a lot of blood. And then Charles looks at Agnes. And Agnes looks at Charles and looks at the captain. And she moves out of the throng and heads over to Cosette's room. Agnes, what are you doing? I'm checking something. Hold on. Check what? Two minutes, all right? She walks in. Charles is stroking his beard and looking very grim-faced. Captain, if it's the right ghost, I can run to the bucket and see if they've got any new signs the last time they were spotted. He pulls the map out of his coat. If we uh, take a look at maps... Where Miss Marisot has marked is exactly the same place where you found the intrepid. Son of a fucking bitch. Do you want me to chart course? I don't know where we landed, Mama Cocoa. I can still plot a course. We don't have to leave yet. Yeah, sure. That's fine. And he heads into his room. Agnes walks out and runs up to you, Jesse. Hi, lass. What's going on? I know for sure it wasn't her. Her mother? I don't think so. They smell the same. I would have recognized her. Roz, you have the helm. I'm heading to the Bucket of Blood. If Wayland comes back, tell him to meet me there. Aye, Capitano. Everybody kind of gets ready to make sail, but obviously isn't going to leave yet. Jesse books it. As you're booking it. Hey, Wayland. So what do we got? 
I am looking for any signs of a struggle. I am looking for any fresh scuff marks within the planks of the pier. I am looking for any noticeable divots where Mama Coco could have been sitting. And I am going the full Aragorn moment when he is tracking where Merry and Pippin went in the middle of the battle after they find all of the orc bodies. Cool. We're using wits, we're using notice. Yep. We've got eagle eyes for the plus one. Mm-hmm. And I am going to spend a hero point to give myself an extra die. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you right now that every raise you get grants you a clue. Interesting. Okay. Roll the bones. Rolling the bones. All right, we're off to an okay start. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Four raises, one remainder. One remainder? Yep. I was trying to figure out a way to get rid of that last one, but I couldn't. You have Luciana, which can re-roll all of your dice, if you wish. I can also re-roll a single die. Mm-hmm, because of notice. That was a ten. <laughs> so, five raises? Yes. Three tens, a six and a four, a nine and an eight. Okay. So Wayland quickly reaches in, pulls out the fishing rod, is searching it for any signs of damage, and notices first that there is a bit of white fabric on the hook. Okay. Bleach white. So this could either be from those really pristine white gloves or some kind of ascot or handkerchief or like pocket square. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it could be this white. So there's your first clue. There's one raise there. Luciana points you to the second clue. Okay. The second clue is down near the beach on the opposite side of the pier where Mama Coco was apparently sitting. You can just barely see the signs of a struggle. Something was dug so deep in the beach that it went past the sand and was into the clay. Okay. You keep walking, and, and every once in a while, Luciana will dart and show you another upturned scoop of sand. And there are these huge, huge sand dunes. The ones that, if you were down the Cape, you shouldn't walk on. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. They look very sturdy. They're not. I fell down one of those. And you are not a piping plover. You do not belong in the sand dune. Luciana stops darting, looks at you really quick, twitters at you, and then flies ahead. What is the third clue you find? I hadn't noticed it before, but the handle of the reel on Mama Coco's fishing rod has been broken off at a sharpened point. Ever so slightly, I catch a glint of of red and... It looks like it's been used as a makeshift shank and has been discarded in the sand. Yep. You find that it is slick with blood where the sand hasn't touched it. And the blood is still fairly warm. All right. I'm going to be looking for any drops of blood in the sand. Scouring. Even if I can't see the color of it, I'm looking for any discolored sand crouching down and moving as quickly as I can, but as gingerly as possible. So I don't accident, you know, if I miss something, I'm not accidentally stepping over it. Mm -hmm. You follow the trail. It is sparse. So clearly it's not bleeding so much, 
You head around past the really big dunes and turn a corner. What's blocking your path? There are a series of jagged rocks that are covered with like long dead barnacles that had been submerged and maybe occasionally at high tide are submerged that come out onto the beach and extend into the water that I am going to have to maneuver around. The trail ran sort of into the coastline where the water comes up and laps along. So I sort of start to lose some of the of the traces there as I go towards this rock face. Okay, so you're going to have to spend a raise to climb over that. Okay. Spending another raise, and I've got one left. As you crest the rocks, which are very precarious and slippery, not only with the barnacles, but with sea moss that grows on it, piles of kelp and seaweed that have been washed up and stuck there. Hey, Evan. Howdy. Howdy. What's something that would distract Wayland at this point in time? The ringing of the rose's bell. Everyone in Argosta knows what that bell sounds like. I imagine each ship has that emergency bell and they're all in different tones. Like, they have to be. Yep, they're all different tones. But the roses is like a proper Spanish bell. Yeah. It's a small bell. Big sound. It's like a clock tower bell. And all the lights on the rose come on, too. Wayland, you hear a distinct ring. You hear the rose's bell. The fear and that tension and anxiety is building. My heart just kind of shoots to the pit of my stomach. And I'm torn in two different directions right now. I need to get back, but I also need to figure out what the fuck happened to Mama Coco, because clearly... She was in trouble and could very well still be in trouble. Do you let this trip you up? Do you pause for much too long? That sound is so deeply ingrained. I think the last time I heard it was probably when the ghosts were fucking attacking the bucket of blood and everybody's alarm bells were going off. Waylon knows that that's something's deeply and seriously wrong. And I let that trip me up for, a, like, probably a moment too long. Luciana darts in front of you and is frantically cheeping. I am now moving frantically. I will take two wounds from coming off of the rocks with the barnacles as well. Oof. They slice up my hands and my legs. So take a hero point. As she leads you around the cove's corner, off in the ocean where the claws meet, you see a ship and a rowboat nearly halfway out. Fuck. Okay. Eagle eyes. Yeah. Yep, you got your eagle eyes. You grab your spyglass, you fumble with it, your hands are all cut up, and you look. Are you looking at the rowboat first or the ship? I'm looking at the rowboat to the ship. You see Mama Coco get up from the center of the rowboat and she's got a cloth over her mouth and over her eyes and she's bound on the chest with ropes. They shove her back down as they're continuing to row to this ship. When you look at the ship, Patrick, what 
What makes the Nightingale special? Fuck off. What makes the Nightingale unique? Fuck off. God damn it. I know it makes the Nightingale special, and you're not going to like it. Oh, fuck me. Hey, Pat. Yeah. Just go. Just fucking go. Just go. <laughs> go. The interesting thing about the Nightingale is that, except for a couple of key features, it would look like a standard issue Avalonian ship, especially for the Sea Dogs. Thing is, around the cannon holes are these huge circular sheets of metal and armor around each of the cannon ports. And there are two larger sheets of metal that come to the front of it. But there's one sheet that comes up from the front of the bow and then one sheet that comes down and they form in a triangular point that looks almost like a knight's helmet because the top comes down a little bit before the bottom ends. Okay. And it also looks like the beak of a bird. Okay. That opens up slightly for a harpoon spear to come out. The lance of the nightingale. What the fuck, Pat? Yeah, this thing is no fucking joke. Want to see my Evan impression when he's stressed? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I can update my story now. Jesse, buddy, you run to the bucket of blood. Uh, it's bumping. Things have gone back to normal. Tensions are still pretty high, but at least some people can take some comfort in knowing that at least they're not at each other's throats. Yeah. You burst in, nearly knocking Charlotte on her ass. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, sorry. It's I'm... okay. It's fine. Jesse, are you all right? No, no, where's Adetokumbo? He's upstairs. Just runs. Run upstairs, and you see Adetokumbo, like, cleaning a table or some shit. Ah, there he is. Because that's been kidnapped. Oh, God. Sit down. Tell me everything you know. Jesse tells him everything he knows. What are you trying to get out of Adetokumbo right now? He's trying to see if Queen Bonaventura had any more conversation with Cosette's mom, and to see if Queen Bonaventura's Porta user knows of anything. Okay. You know what? Fuck it. She's there. She walks up and she taps Kumbo on the shoulder, tells her the situation in broken montane. It's not the best. And she looks at you and says, May I see the letter? Hands her the letter. Opens it, reads it, scoffs in her throat, hands it to you. <sighs> she says a name And you recognize that name because it used to be on your lips. This is the work of Annabelle Servant de Charus. Damn it. He sits down at that table that Adetokumbo is cleaning. Does Adetokumbo know your history with Annabelle? Oh, yeah, he knows. Because he would have pried it out, Jesse. Oh, no. He looks at Marie, which is what her name is says thank you in Montaigne and I appreciate everything you're doing and I'll, I'll get to you in a moment. She leaves and Identicumbo out from his vest takes his flask, opens it, hands it to you. Without looking, he just starts going. Oh boy. I need to know where the song de Reese is. I think I know a guy. Takes his empty flask and Pats you twice on the shoulder. You hang tight. 
He just kind of nods. I did a Kumbo walks away. And about five to ten minutes later, he comes back and slaps a crudely drawn map on a handkerchief. That's where she is. Where's the Sondaries? Hey, so if we're looking at maps... <laughs> yeah, let's look at the map. If you're looking up where it says the New World... Uh-huh. Oh. Up top, in this little crazy-looking cove up here. Yep. Oh, Pointy cove. In this really pointy cove. So oh. there's that. Shoot back over to Wayland. Hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm like trying to maintain my cool right now, but I'm just. It's not. Ooh, oh boy. What's the color of the nightingale? It is all almost white to sort of be represented. The nightingale under white plumage that can come up and around its head as well. Oh, they painted it. <laughs> they are all gonna die. They painted it, and the flag that is flying. Is currently some colony flag, something stupid, something mundane. But the second that the rowboat gets lifted up, you notice that the flag drops and an ATC flag flies in its place. Sure. And the ship sets sail. Wayland's heart is in his feet right now and he feels like he is about to vomit. And he stands there trying to think of anything to do. And as it starts to sail, he's going to mark the direction where it's going. Jesse walks up on deck, just completely out of sorts. You storm up the gangplank to everybody on deck, kind of waiting for captain's orders. Everybody seems to be getting shit together. Jesse Whalen comes up behind you completely out of breath. Wayland is paler than you have ever seen him. Wayland looks like... All of the blood that was on the floor of Kazette's room used to be in him and is no longer. Waylon has Mama Coco's fishing rod, by the way. <laughs> Did not leave that behind. Where the fuck is Mama Coco? She's gone. What? She's been taken by the Nightingale. Where's the Nightingale? Heading out of harbor. Where's Kazette? She's been taken by the Sangderis. Wayland just collapses back. He just shrugs at Wayland, shaking his head, and runs up to the helm. You turn around to go give orders, and everybody's already fucking moving. Roz, pull the. Charles, raise. You're already raising. Charles grabs your shoulders. Captain. Huh. Jesse. What? Look at me, right? I'm not Mama Coco. Not gonna tell you everything's gonna be alright, but I am gonna tell you that now is not a time to panic. Yeah. You can panic after they're safe, right? Okay. Time to focus up, keep that head on your shoulders. Okay. Let's get to it. Okay. He pats you on the back roughly. boy. find our head. And Charles just begins to bark orders. Full sail, Roz! See you, Bosun! Jory, rouse those girls! Hi, Bosun! Agnes, with me. Hi. Wayland immediately starts getting the guns ready. Jesse's right hand grips onto the helm a little tighter. And for a moment, his eyes flash. And there's like a pulse of energy that goes down through the helm, down through the planks, lower decks, into the bilge. 
The bilge water down there ripples with a teal ripple, and it ripples from outside and goes out of the rose, and it convenes into a waypoint that begins to surf through the water. I'm spinning a hero point for a minor favor of the west wind. If the nightingale's within 10 nautical miles, I know exactly where it is. Jesse, you know fucking exactly where the nightingale is. You can catch up on her very quickly. And that is exactly what we're doing. Where's the nightingale headed at the moment? My question for you guys is, what direction do you want to go? That's a great fucking question, Zoe. You know, I have nothing but great questions. How about you go in the direction of a doorway and try not to let the door hit you on the ass on the way out? Also, Pat, you too. Yeah, I know. I, this, I, 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 oh my god! Let me just straight up lose my first mate and also save Cosette from blank from TBD. Look, I didn't realize both of those things were gonna happen at once. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Are you going to go after Cosette? Are you going to go after the Red Ghost? Or are you going to go after Reese? Cosette, uh, we're gonna fuck. Like, shit. Evan, where are we going? The Nightingale is going wherever you guys want to go. That's why I'm asking. Yes, okay. I understand. So the only problem is that there is a time constraint because Reese isn't showing up in La Dominique yeah. until September 21st. By the way, it's Jesse's birthday in game. If you leave now, if you leave tonight, it's going to take you that long to get there. Yeah, it's so far away. Of course. Of course. Of course. But as far as we know, the Song de Reese is staying where it is. Supposedly... The Song de Reese cannot travel as the Red Ghost does. The Red Ghost can pop up wherever it wants. However, without its sorcier, it can't. I think we have to go after Reese. What? I think we have to do Reese and then Cosette. What do you mean go after Reese? We have a time. We can't go after Reese down two officers. We can't. We can't do that. We can't. No, you're right. We can't pretty much do fucking anything. Going to Reese with two less officers is like walking into a lion's den wearing a sack of butcher's meat. (laughs) Wearing a meat suit. Yeah, straight up Lady Gaga. (laughs) Lady Gaga in a lion's den. It's gotta be Mama Coco, then Cosette. Then deal with Reese whenever we can find her. Please, grace us with another fucking stinger cut, if you have one. Sure. Please. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So, Miguel and Raul are walking down the docks, and they have bags and a wagon with some crates. They head to Pier 4. And there is a ship there with a elderly looking Castilian man in a small seaworthy vessel. Miguel hands this person a letter and that letter is red. They nod and shake hands. And by shaking hands, I mean they shake forearms tightly 
Miguel says in Castilian, subtitles come up, it is very good to see you, Asandro. And Asandro nods. You're not going to see your friend if we hang around here too much longer. And they set sail. Did you say Isandro? I did say Isandro. Who is Isandro? Should I know who that is? Isandro is one of the people on the Wild Roses Charter. <gasps> yeah. So Isandro, Jean Baptiste, and his mom are the ones that are, as far as we know, of alive. That wasn't really a sting cut. I wasn't very waspy. That was a bumble cut. No, I, I appreciated that after the fucking shit storm that we dealt with. Part of it was your fault. I don't take responsibility for any of that shit. I claim no negative energy here. <laughs> yeah, I claim none of it. I fully take responsibility. That doesn't mean that I can be any last flabbergasted. Mama Coca was supposed to be out fishing. She was! <laughs> and she should have continued fishing. We're gonna get her back. Look at the story step. It says rescue Mama Coco. We have to. She has to become my trusted companion. I can't have a trusted companion who's dead. Yeah, but what are we going to lose in the meantime? What can I say except I'm sorry? To answer the question that I'm sure all of you are asking right now, what made Evan react so strongly? I messaged him, you have two options. She's gone or she's hurt. And Evan responded with, gone? with a lot of question marks. Normally, I don't like to talk about stories. However, in this case, the narrator's story step was save Cosette from, in brackets, TBD. And Waylon's story step was save Mama Coco from the Nightingale. Unfortunately, sometimes the story steps line up. And so it's a lot of bad all at once. It gets better, I promise. Or worse, depending on your viewpoint. Anyway, until then, we'll see you next time, friend. Remember, be safe and well. <laughs>